Seiler. Welcome back to Smashing Grab Comics. Today I have an excellent surprise for you. In-house, in-person, is the one, the only... JP! He's, he's I'm alive! He's back! I'm alive! And you know, uh, my voice is really bad and scratchy because uh, uh, I almost, I was like, like I was getting sick in a Wednesday... And then Thursday, I took the day off from work because I was actually I didn't even leave bed. I didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And then today it came back, or no, yesterday my voice kind of came back, and today it's kind of still meh. So you're kind of lucky. I kind of got the cold right at that you know midway point. Yeah, so I'm back, baby. I'm back. If you heard heard a weird noise uh, while John was talking, I was sliding the mic closer. He's just not picking up on here. It must be your weird. It's probably my weird tone. Yeah. Am I yeah. picking up now? Am I coming in clear? The word clear did, yeah. That's it? It's fine. It's fine. We'll live. You want to try and play it back just to listen make sure? No. Are well, you sure? Yeah, because I, I can do it in post. That's and, true. And just crank it up. It'll be funny, though, if uh, people listen to it, and then it'll be like... And then, and then all of a sudden... Yeah. <laughs> That'll be nice. That'll oh, be nice for everybody. Man. Okay. People so, who have hearing hearing problems, I, the hearing aids will be like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? So to get John here, I mean, okay. You were sold into human, tra- human trafficking. That's the rumor <laughs> I heard. Um, there was so many things that happened. Um, did they take your kidney or make you inseminate beautiful women? or What, what was going on? Well, I mean, all in, all and above, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a day in the life. It's just a day in the life. Uh, well, I had to keep John here with a... Um, I had, to, I had to bring him in by uh, force with, <laughs> yeah, with, right. with a gun. Yes. Uh, so getting to know my armed assailant, uh, <laughs> that's what John's feeling right now. What? Um, that's a good, yeah, I watched that documentary. I was in it. Oh, you'd watch that. <laughs> okay, let's talk about comic books. We haven't been here in a while. At, at this, what we call the round table, it's, yes. actually, it's, it's actually rectangle, and there's just two of us. It's quite rhombus. Yeah. Well, is the rhombus uh, is the rhombus equal on each side? It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> equilateral. I don't know. Are you, you're in your head. You're like, screw you, geometry teacher. I told you it's another day, and I haven't used it. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of geometry teachers, I had the biggest crush on his daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same school. He had like taught. Yeah. 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 His kids were his daughter. Generally, was... teachers. I mean, you're you are a teacher by trade. Yeah. But I thought, is it? Do you prefer having your kids in your school, or would you rather have your kids go to another school? Uh, well, right now Is I'm. Is it a, weird teaching your children? Sorry, I, I, the sixth grader. Uh, yeah, we. I, I teach him. I teach art for those that don't know. And yeah, he is in one of my classes, and it just so happens that his grade has like a huge number of kids. So each one of the sections of sixth grade that I have is overflowing. Yeah. So just by nature, twelve-year-olds they get all that kinetic energy and by the For seventh sure. hour when I have them, it just explodes. It blows so up. I have a great day all the way to the last hour of the day. And then sixth grade comes in and I go home feeling like I was hit by a truck. And, and <laughs> I look at, and, and my, my son is in that class and um, I look at him and go, what is wrong with your friends? <laughs> uh, he's, he, I don't understand you. He behaves really well, and I just can't figure it out if it's me being in the room that keeps him that way or if he really is like this for his other teachers. For um, sure. I, I like to hope it's for uh, the way he normally is. But, but would, ultimately, though, yeah. would you 
Do you oh, like having him in your in your class, or would you prefer him being in another school? Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like it. You know, we go to school together in the mornings. Um, you know, that way I don't have to like drop him off and then head somewhere else. Right. You know, that makes sense. So that's we I literally just go right up to school, and then uh, after school he usually walks. Um, we have a ninth grader as well, so he definitely um, just takes off after school. He doesn't want to hang around because. At our school, we have um, homeroom at the end of the day. You guys have homeroom at the end of the day? Yeah. It's new to me, too. When I was in school, obviously, it was at the beginning. Yeah, Uh, because homeroom at the beginning of the day was that time that you were fucking around at, you know, if you were, like, sitting sitting at, like, 3 a.m. trying to finish your homework, like, fuck this, I'll do this in homeroom tomorrow. (laughs) Right, yep, yep. And maybe that's a way to prevent that. I don't know. Apparently, I was a foul-mouthed sixth grader. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck this, Mrs. So-and-so. Fucked his homework, homie. My, uh... Screw you. So, they, high school, though, they only have to go to homeroom on Tuesdays. So, explain this. I, I have no idea why. Oh, I, 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 I know don't know why. why. Because you're becoming older, and then as you realize that you're an adult, you have less and less free time to do your shit. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question. Why even have them go to homeroom at all? Why just, like, know. Tuesdays? I have, I, have, I have yet to figure that out. That's weird. I don't know. Um, so then, you remember you when you were in school, then the announcements would come on while you were in homeroom, usually. Do you guys have uh, announcements at that time? I do miss announcements, actually. That was one of the coolest things in school. I always yep. thought that was really fun. I don't know why. I don't know why I was so mystified with announcements. Like, hmm, these are daily announcements. I know. And then, like, I always wanted to do them. You know, even when I was yep. a kid, I was always I was wanting to be a voice actor. Did, Maybe someday I will be. I still do. I want to do animation so bad. Hey, man. Now, I've sent it. I'd love to do. They did. Go uh, ahead. They they did it uh, about ten years ago. They did an animated version of the uh, Avengers, and I sent in a voice. And and you sent it in to Minneapolis. Oh sure. And I sent in a voice uh, tape for Captain America. Oh cool. And after they received it, I heard absolutely nothing back. Uh, (laughs) Aww. I don't even know if they received it. Well, hey man, or heard it, or heard it. Yeah. Worst they could say is no, and they didn't say anything. Yeah. So you you got even worse. You would down. <laughs> so uh, the um, the 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 process was you would download the script off the internet, yeah, and then and then record yourself into it. So I remember they did one for the Ultimate Alliance video game. Okay, and, uh, they were doing like Namor, yeah, Submariner, which I wanted to do one for that for but, Namor, but but then it, the pride in me was like. That's a lame character, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that, that's worse so, than Aquaman. Yeah, I mean, at that point, the company was just hoping they could get somebody for free. <laughs> like, uh-huh. It's Namor. And Let's then, get whoever. And then, um, yeah, I also auditioned for The Real World. Um, did you ever watch that show? On MTV? Yeah. Yep, sent in a videotape for that. Uh, oh, God. The problem you, is you're not controversial. I know. And did you ever watch the New Orleans season? Uh... Dude, I've seen a lot of real world, so I probably have. That's the one I auditioned for. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't and that the one where the guy has got his like ocular bone broken? I don't remember. He got into a bar fight and they, and he and he got punched in the eye yeah. and it broke his like ocular bone, which sounds wretched like uh-huh. to me. It yeah. sounds like a really gruesome injury. I don't want that to happen. So I don't I don't uh, quite remember a lot because I watched it because I liked the real world, but at the same time I was feeling miffed because I never. What happened was um, I sent in the videotape mm-hmm. and then I had to go to um, uh, Chicago for a. Um, meeting with and there was I thought it was going to be just you know meet a few people yeah hundreds of people 
right? I thought it was going to be like, quote unquote, a was. meeting. Bullshit, dude. It's it, a casting but, call. But it was a, well, they, you have to do the video first. Right. So I was like. But they got to meet, they gotta even meet though thousands kinda, of people, man. Yep. And even though it's it was like coming Idol. through, uh, it was coming, um, going forward. And I was like, oh my God, they got back to, they watched my tape and then uh, went to the thing. I did find out later that they only called back 10% of the videos they got. So that was kind of hey. cool. And then after that, um, they were going to, if you went past that round, you were then to, to go to um, St. Louis or something like that where they would decide what season you were going to be on. Because well, kind of like a screen test. It literally wasn't going to be the, the very next year. Right. Um, because when I um, auditioned, I was – my uh, summer after my senior year of high school, so that would have been 2000, and then the season that um, they were telling me they were looking for mm-hmm. was for 2003, and so oh sure yeah so it was a ways in the future yeah I mean they'd have to to give each person that wanted to be on it time because this one is gonna be in New Orleans and I'm yeah. like well I can't be going to college then you know <laughs> that would look kind of bad yeah absolutely um, I was almost on the Impractical Jokers TV show. Were you really? Yeah. God, that would be fun. I sent, I sent in a video. They were doing like a, like a like a promo thing where you could be on like a video with them or like do a gag with them. Yeah. And, I, and I, I didn't think anything of it. We were all big fans. This was a, this was when the show was really popular, like starting to get like massively popular. It's still pretty popular now. Yeah. You know, True TV Network should just be called the Impractical Jokers Network. I like True pretty, TV. But that's pretty much all they show. Um, but yeah, I sent. Um, I went to my buddy's house who was a videographer, and I was like. Hey man, you like the show? We like the show. Let's just do a video. We did thirty seconds or no, forty-five seconds. Yeah, and it was just me, and I made up a funny little script, at forty-five seconds, and we got it forty-five seconds flat because it had to be under a minute. Uh-huh. And we sent it in. I made top five. Wow! And then, and then uh, didn't make it, but top no. five was cool. Yeah, I got a call from a tr- you know true true TV producer and was like, hey, you know, well that's cool. We got to get a background check on you and make sure you're not nuts, you know. And it so turns out you cool. were. And it turns out it was, and then they were like. Uh, legally, you can't talk about this for five years. So it's nope. been more than five years. It's the first time declassified, right? Did here they really tell you five years? No, that would be funny. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I didn't make it on the show, but uh, it was it was a cool experience. Cool Did experience. you you ever watch uh, Johnny Test? Uh, uh, the cartoon show? Yeah. Uh, you ever no. seen an episode? Well, they. I mean, I've seen an episode. About the time that my son was getting into watching cartoons, yeah. Johnny Test was kind of just hitting its stride. Sure. And so I would do the voices all the time just to get him riled up you know thinking there was one of the people in the house um so johnny's um i can't i can't think of the guy's name it was maybe it was francis or something the okay. guy that uh always the the kid who always gave johnny test a hard time man <laughs> the the bully the, the bully t- yeah i got oh, you screw you johnny test yeah every <laughs> every cartoon like that has to have a bully i yep. know yep yeah i hear you oh man it was good times Why we should we should do our own I was gonna say, why are Cartoon. we? Why are we here? No, this, this, um, this is our audition tape for anyone who needs voice actors. <laughs> yeah, right. You've got, you've got two men. We've well, got nineteen both. episodes of content. Yeah, and uh, you can't use this one though because I'm sick, so that's not fair. I'll give you a little bit of my British accent. And <laughs> nah, your British accent's pretty bad. It's you need to work <laughs> on that one. You need to work on that one. A spot on with a cu- little cup of spot of tea. No, it's a, it's <laughs> some crumpets. If spot on is you, you're a spot way off. It's just no. A fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Oh my God! Okay. No, um, I, uh, before yeah, I mean before crack. we get my 
before we talk about books. No. Um, <laughs> we have to yeah, keep going with voices. We should. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ultimate Dream would be a voice actor, but I would actually like to open up a voice studio in South Dakota in Sioux Falls. Yeah, just and for then, recording. Well, uh, uh, studios could send their content here, and we could do it cheaper. Than yeah, other definitely. People. We could do it cheaper than... And it, it's not saying that we're cheaper in terms of quality. It's just we're cheaper because we're where we're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then uh, the studios would send us the content and be yeah. like, "We this is what we need you to voice. Send over the stuff. And they yeah. don't even need to mail it. Everything's uh-uh. sent digitally, goddammit. It's fucking 21st century. So... I heard, you know, just because of costs and recording in California, I heard that's what they did Breaking Bad in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it was just so much cheaper. Right. So... Maybe one day, maybe yeah. when uh, Tyler and I are more mature and, and have money, <laughs> we can open up our own studio. You know what and, I want to do uh, with you, John? We I, can start record stuff. I want to. I want to make a comic book with you. Uh, Comics like, would be fun. You know, we could make a cool comic, and it would probably. I'd, I'd actually be in more into more uh, making a motion a motion comic, because that way you don't have to animate so many words coming out of oh, the mouth. Yeah. But it still has voice. Yeah. And you're still getting your comic. It's just. More like a moving slideshow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Red Sonia has a motion comic movie. It's Do like, they? It's an hour or two long. Holy and it's crap. basically just... Comic you know, panel? Yeah. Voices? Next. Well, a comic panel and think of like a pop-up book where you pull. You know yeah. what I mean? And her, her, Is that her, how they move? I've and never then seen her, one. And then her sword goes... Whoosh. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, I have two seen yeah. them, like, in different movies. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a motion comic is what they call them. So if we did anything, I think a motion comic would be cool because you could do so much for advertising for digitally, it. digitally, yeah. Well, you could do you could just do 15-second uh, sneak peeks on Instagram. You know, you know if we mean? had the time, we should make this podcast a motion comic because <laughs> all, I think if we were making funny animations for <laughs> us talking, oh, yeah. right? God, that would be, be hilarious. It, we'll get on that at some point, though. Yeah. Maybe episode 50. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about comics. This is the reason why we do this show. It's not the reason, you know, we're not here to tell you about our lives. Well. Um, even though we are. A li- little bit about my life. What was the comic that... Okay, we mostly talk about... Indie books. Indie books. A lot of times horror, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love where you're going because I know what you're going to ask, and I'm already thinking back to when I was a kid of like yeah. what got me started What was? Yeah, what's got you started? Um, no, in in this genre. What oh, got, in this genre. What got me started in comics? Amazing Spider-Man. I had I was sick one day. My mom took me to the pharmacist so while she got my prescription, and they still had the spinner racks, yeah. you know. And so I grabbed a comic off of there to read while I was home on the couch, and uh, it was Amazing Spider-Man number three eighty one. The Incredible Hulk was in it, and I noticed it was um, a part one of two. So I didn't, it wasn't one of those situations where you jump on in part two and you're like, damn it, I got uh, started on a part one. So it's like, yeah. just a perfect, just going forward thing. And um, yeah, I loved it. Um, never stopped. But my first horror comic actually didn't happen really until I was in college. And a friend of mine gave me a graphic novel of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh, sure. And That's kind of your a classic staple. Yeah. And you know? then that was it. I was off and running. Yeah. I mean, um, Honestly, it's actually one and the same story, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I, I had an interesting childhood. I grew up really fast in terms of arts, media, film, music. You know, I was listening to 70s punk rock when I was before 12. Yeah, know? I loved it. I loved that. Kind I, of I listened to The Clash and Sex Pistols and The Ramones. 
and uh, Velvet Underground and uh, New York Dolls. You know, I was into glam rock when I was a kid. I broke mm-hmm. in really with like the 80s, like Elvis Costello and David Bowie. But I was listening to that stuff at a really young age before I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Um, same thing with film, though. You know, my dad would let me go to the video store and just pick out whatever the hell I wanted. Yeah. You know, I'd run to him when I was a child and I'd be like, can I get this? And he's like, what is it? Uh, from Dust Till Dawn? Sure. That so, sounds awesome. Yeah. He's Does he like, have insomnia or what's going on? Care. But I grew up on also the the full moon horror movies like Puppet Master, mm. and Bloodstone, really shitty like B, B. B more. But that's what I grew up on. I watched that shit. Yep. Uh, Creeper, Castle Freak. You mine know, was really the, bad. Stuff. Mine was the People Under the Stairs. Yeah, Poltergeist. Uh, but those yep. are a little bit more mainstream. Yep. The full moon movies are really like a cult cult following on those. Yeah. Um, but what really got me started in comic books um, was Predator. Was it? Yeah, because. Uh, I was a huge 80s sci-fi fan. Yep. I love just sci-fi in general, of course, but yep. I liked monster movies, Me Alien, uh, The Thing, uh, The Blob, you know, all that stuff. But I'm a really big creature feature fan. I love creature features. Um, That's why I love, and it's not really horror, but Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Um that's great. That was like a stepping stone for me. Comedy with weirdness in it. And then, musical. Then in, yeah, then into horror stuff. And it, it started my uh, love affair with Rick Moranis. So. Yeah, quite theatrical. That's really a theatrical <laughs> way to be introduced to all of those things. I know. Um, but, <laughs> Especially Rick. <laughs> but Predator was uh, really my first foray into comics. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like super into them before. But um, I knew that they made Predator comic books, and I'd not really seen them anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we were at High V, and I saw that they had a comic rack, and I saw Predators, Predator versus Alien, and I think it was issue like six of six. Was and it? I didn't care; I just bought it. Yeah. But then I, after I bought that one issue of Predator, it kind of kicked me off and started going into more Predator, and then. I also saw the. Sh- I grew up on watching The Shadow when I was a kid, the yep. movie with Alec Baldwin. That was a great movie. It's just, it's one of those movies, you know, it's just that I grew up on. So I, I tried to track down that stuff. But then uh, I found myself going to High V and then uh, like hiding books so I could. So no one would take them. Yeah, so no yeah. one would buy them. Yeah. So that's kind of what I got me started was uh, Predator, which is funny. Like, yeah. Predator isn't one of those things that people would think. It's like a start jumping on you. point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a book. It was Dark Horse at that time doing those books, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was. That's fun. Dark Horse then was kind of weird because I I never wanted to get a Dark Horse book because they only really did licensed properties. They didn't really have any um, in-house stuff. So then I was like, you know, if I wanted to read a Star Wars comic, I know where to go. But yeah, yeah, they did Predator, Aliens, and Star Wars, and that's about it. I mean, yep. I can't think of anything else that they did that was really. Uh, I think they had some. They had a lot of crossovers like and it's, Batman, Judge Dread. Batman. Yeah. Well, that's what I love Predator. about Dark Horse now is that they're putting on some cool stuff. Yeah, original content for sure, but they still do the the your average crossover. You know, but yeah, I, that's what got, got me started, man. I was about twelve when about that Amazing Spider-Man story, and my friend Nick he really got into Fantastic Four about the same time. So we literally had what we called is our comic club, and we would just sit around and talk about comic books. And we've had a sign for the room and all this stuff like that. <laughs> so this is this is my comic club part two, you know, or, or later us. in life. And it's just a couple of, couple of dudes. couple dudes. No girls allowed. Yep. He and Mad Woman Hatters Club. Yep. That's a Little Rascals reference. I don't want anybody to tag in the comments like, these guys are anti-feminist. They hate oh women. Oh, my God. Listen to that podcast and my tampon fell out. It was so mad. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know how to Tyler respond. and Tyler's like, what the fuck? Uh, 
Anyway, okay. uh, dude, I want to talk about Pestilence. All right. I know you've read uh, issue or two in, uh, when it started. I've read uh, issues one through three. Did you? Okay. Yes. So you can catch up pretty easy. This is number five. Uh, so they start talking about, um, okay, in the last issue that I reviewed, if you remember, um, the zombies were starting to get more sophisticated. Yeah. They could use weapons. They were and learning. They, they were like, no, nah, and it turns out that they weren't learning. Oh. Um, it turns out that the um, people that were after them in the past were peasants and farmers and things like that, people that didn't really have a violent history to begin with. And they realize that once their friend died, Sir Richard Moore was my friend, it says. Um, basically, when he died and um, a lot of people he was with, they're still able to use their same skills going forward as oh, sure. zombies. Okay. And so we are seeing more um, more heroes and um, warriors dying. So that's where they're coming into. And using those. Yeah. And being able to use those skills. So that's um, cool. Fiat Lu, whatever they're called, Lux, Leo, Lu. Uh anyway. Uh so these guys they're being hunted by their old friend Sir uh what's his face? Um Sir Richard and on one side and then the peasants and farmers on the other side. Um they make their way and they uh, the leader um gets a call to go in and visit the Pope who we found out in the last issue has been bitten or I guess not bitten like the walking dead but infected yeah he was infected and, yep so his theory he thinks it's all his fault why this all started because um, so Roderick is in there um, talking to the Pope and the Cardinal in the room as well does not want um, Roderick there because the Pope is going to confess the Pope confesses that they knew about it long before it got bad they said um that they believe satan made the dead start rising and they did nothing about it the church knew about it and they just covered it up sometimes literally just burying people again and then but then um living people started getting sick from the rise of these what he called was this kind of satanic plague sure and so they, they just didn't want to admit it, and it got worse and worse, and now it's out of hand, and the Pope himself dies in this scene. It's out of hand, you think? Yep. And you then, think? We're five issues in, Pope, and this is a, a fucking global pandemic. Yep. You think it's got a little out of hand? So the Pope instructs, uh, well, first, the, the Cardinal is um, furious. The Pope revealed this because, well, the Cardinal's still alive. and It's he's a got, secret of the church, man. He's going to have to answer for it. So... While Roderick is kind of reeling from the Pope dying, uh, the Cardinal slips out and runs. But right before the Pope dies, he tells Roderick, take Fiat Lu and go to England. Go to Westminster Abbey. That's where you will get some more information on oh. how to end this. Okay. That's where it's at then. That's that's our final destination. Yeah. Is this going to run? How many issues is this going to be? Is this one more left? Is there going to be more? I hope it... It doesn't say... Maybe it's just the end of the... Um, so I don't. I don't no, remember if we. I'm not seeing your letters page, but if, um, we're, if we figured out how many issues this was going to be. Okay, I honestly hope that maybe this will just end a um, arc because I really like these characters. I'm really getting into it. <clears throat> sure. Uh, the Pope actually doesn't die. I mean, because he become he actually changes. Right. He he becomes. And he so becomes then Zambi. Rod Roderick has to behead him. Of course. Which um, okay. So then Tough he goes. For him to do. He goes and tells his men. 
hey, we're not going to France. Where there's this cool map page where it changes from they're going to France and they're going to turn around. They're going to go to London to Westminster Abbey. Uh, um, the rest of the team finds out that um, Abel is actually a woman, and it's funny because um, <clears throat> had that peg since issue yep, one. Yep. Um, so she goes. She's going to distract the. Um, army of their old friend sir whatever his name was richard yeah richard because he's he's got his army coming up behind them oh okay and then she but then there's all these peasants and farmers on the other side of the bridge coming towards them and she goes um haven't you guys noticed how they're wondering why she would well he they think it's a he except right. for roderick he knows uh but they're like abel haven't and she goes how haven't you noticed how sickly i've been and <laughs> One of the guys goes, we just thought the constant fighting was draining you due to the fact that you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she reveals herself and takes all his, uh, she takes off all of her um, headgear and stuff, he goes, oh, my God, the pussy has a pussy. <laughs> That's great. That's <sighs> yeah. a great reveal. Yeah. So anyway. Nice. Uh, nice. She sacrifices herself so the guys can get to oh, London. Well, she, she dead? Yeah. Yeah. She, well, wait, do we see a body? Is she uh, actually dead? No, she just jumps into the fray so the other guys can make it the other way. She's good. Um, yeah. Come on, man. Anyway. That's how comics work. She'll show up in England all bloodied with like. But she's cool. already she's been injured, and that's why the reason she's willing to go. She's showing her injury. Uh, so I wonder if it's like Walking Dead style where maybe. once you're injured, you are S O L. Maybe. I think she'll show up in England with one arm missing and like an eye patch and be like uh, beat you here. <laughs> no, uh, you're close. The cardinal beats them to London. Oh, and course. he gets to um, another cardinal to warn him what he needs to do. And it turns out it's the cardinal that recruited the uh, Fiat Lux in the ah, first place. Of course. Yes. The saboteur has been saboteured. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Pestilence number five. I'm totally. Um, uh, Sorry either for the this, coughing, guys. Sorry for you know, the coughing. Most. People don't give a shit about your coughing. I know. Uh, but, you know, just for my sake, because I don't want your AIDS, <laughs> let's get it under control. You can't get AIDS twice. Okay. So, um, yeah, I hope it's actually either going to end at issue six or end the arc at issue six. I hope this, you know, well, with uh, the doesn't keep going and going and going. With maybe the fortunate and unfortunate way this... This comic is told in such small, sporadic, short story bits. Yeah. This has got to go more than six. More than at least 12. Yeah, that'd be cool. At least 12. Yeah. Or 10. You know what I mean? Maybe 10. But that's, I think, maybe how, where I get a little frustrated with this book is it does tell things so quickly and short. Uh -huh. I feel like I'm like... like I feel like I've tasted the food, and then I'm like, oh, it's gone, and I want more. And the, like, yeah, the issue goes really yeah, fast. They, they're just, but the artistry is really beautiful, and I think that's probably why, uh, I think we talked about this a while back on a few of our episodes, but I think that's why the book is broken up so much, is because how intricate the art is. I think the artist gets like, okay, well, calm hold, down, I can hold only up, draw so up. fast. Yeah, and yeah. he wants to put all this stuff in, yeah. so the writer may have a script that's only getting half of it in per book. But that, you know, for me, I don't mind that. I don't mind that it's moving slow. When we last time we talked about it, I was like, yeah, you're right. But as, as I was reading this issue, I'm like really digging how you get tons of information so you're not going, man, they glossed right over that the yeah. Pope dying. That was 
Right. God, I don't know. I'm not Catholic, but that seems like a big deal. <laughs> That's a huge deal. When uh, are they going to get a new one? <laughs> gonna, especially at a time like this, where are they going to get a new pope? Can I audition? <laughs> audition. I'm going to send in them tape. Send in your tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here, Catholics are going to hate me, but, you know, oh. what would that audition tape look like? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> right? And you're, and you're sprinkling the incense everywhere, and... Um, Okay, that that probably was offensive. That uh, probably was. Um, but you know, do you hand them crackers underhanded or overhanded? You know, um, I hand them crackers. <laughs> We're terrible. Well, here's the thing: Ugh. I've had a lot of um, unpleasant experiences with um, Catholic Church in general. So, yeah. um, to me, it is the world's large, largest cult, and right next to Islam. So, there you go. That's the way Tyler feels, and he's sticking to it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent atheist. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I nothing think, wrong with that. I, Everybody has beliefs, yeah, whether they're well, wrong or right. Remains yeah, to well, be seen, and that's how it is. But for me, believing in a supernatural deity that's always watching over me and supposedly knows how everything's going to turn out. You already have a wife. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Knows Peggy, everything. if you're listening, I'm she, just I'm just kidding. She knows everything. <laughs> she sees uh, all. She's that, like Sauron. She's <laughs> Skynet more than like it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, but what what bothers me is that like that to me in my brain is going, okay, this is going to be uh, kind of a atheist rant. We live in the 21st century where science explains everything. We don't need this kind of um, these kind of beliefs to make sense of our world anymore. I feel you. You know, that's where I'm coming from. And I, I feel like that's why religion exists is because they had no other way to explain the world in which they were living in. We just didn't we just didn't understand how things work. Oh, absolutely. You and know? in medieval times, you know, uh, uh, superstition became or you know, magic became superstition, superstition became science, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's all, it all we have alchemy. Like, right, yeah, things like that. Um, I'm of the mind of just, just leave me alone. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be preached to. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be fed it. Like, you believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe, and um, we'll call it that. And uh, see, I'm I don't, a, I'm I don't, a little more aggressive. Where is if if you're gonna preach to me, you better bring it because I'm bringing it. Because yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, dude, I've read the Bible. You know, I've grew up in it. I grew up in um, a Christian home and did my best to understand everything about it and came out the other side. Yeah. So if you're going to come at me with your arguments, yeah, but it says this. Dude, I'm right there with an argument, and yeah. I, and it will be backed up. So I'm the other way. I'm not like, I'm not like just let me be. I'm almost like. If you're not going to let me be, I'm not going to let you be. Right. No, I hear you. I'm just more of like of the mind of like, just like, you're not going to convert me and I'm not going to convert you. You know, we're just going to be at a stalemate and there's no real point to talk about it. So let's have lunch and just shut the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? You want to have a beer? Like, I don't drink, but you know what I mean? Like, can't we just get along? Like, I don't want to talk about this and... Even if we do, we'll talk about it to the end of days, and we, we still won't be on the same page. Still won't be on the same page, and yeah. uh, we'll find out what happens. You know, like, yeah, cool. You know, so yeah. that's where I'm at. It's just, just calm down with it. Like, yeah. go ahead. I'm not. I don't hate you for not for doing what you do. For and, believing what you believe. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate you for doing what you do and believing yeah. what you believe. And you shouldn't hate me for doing what I do as long as it doesn't impact you. You know, I've always said this. You do me, 
or <laughs> you, you do, do me. <laughs> you, you do, do you. you. I'll do me. You just do you away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. You know, I bring up Christianity because we live in the, you know, the uh, Christian heartland here. Oh, it's yeah. not just cornfields and, and beans. It's... Uh, I like corn. Oh, I know. Corn is... So <laughs> anyway, Frosted Flakes. Amazing. Let's talk about coyotes. Okay. Wow. Not the school or the animal, but the book. Yeah. Well, maybe the animal. We can talk about the animal. There's, there's coyotes in here. There is coyotes in here. Now... Traditionally, Tyler and I usually go through the book and kind of tell you what's going on and like describe each page. I wanted to take a step back with this book and not do that because, yeah. um, as I was telling Tyler before we hit the record button and before we started, is this is a book that kind of needs to be experienced. It's it was really ethereal and strange, but in a good way. Um, it really touched me. Going, man, this girl has been through some shit. Well, that and like. This is a really strong female book. Yeah. Like, it's told from a, a heavy uh, a heavy female narrative perspective yep. is the best word yep. to describe it. Um, but Sean, it. Sean Lewis, though, I don't think is a female. And Caitlin Yarsky, though, she she's the artist. Yeah. Um, I've, I don't know. There's a girl's name, Sean, out there. Yeah, true. Who knows? Um, but really... Overall, to give you an idea what this book is about, is there's this young adolescent girl, and throughout the book, she's constantly being chased and, like, uh, ravaged and hunted by these coyotes. Mm -hmm. Or coyotes. I don't know. Do you say coyotes or coyotes? You know, I grew up saying coyotes, and then... I say coyotes, too, but I've heard people like and then, coyotes. Yeah, and so... I didn't Both. know. I didn't know if coyotes was wrong. If that's a wrong term, I don't know. And plural of moose is moose. I know, but then you say coyote <laughs> in front of somebody else, and you're like, God, are they gonna think I'm an idiot because I don't say coyotes? It's like the pop and soda debate. Uh, you know, you say, say soda. Yeah. Well, I grew up saying pop, and then I've switched because I got a lot of hard time from. It. I have cousins that live on. They've lived on either coast, and they're like, you say pop, pop, you know, and I'm like, like what? Either way, I don't care. No, I mean, I've said pop and soda, but yeah. I, I usually say soda. I don't, I don't care. I agree. But um, other than that, sorry, the the coyotes, coyotes, however you'd like to say it, yeah. in this book, um, they're following and hunting, <coughs> excuse me again. Um, just Hispanic and, family. I don't know if it's uh, more than just her, but and it, that well, are hunted. But. Right, but they seem to keep reoccurring in her life, and like it's just... It's an interesting book, and you never really know if the coyotes are real, if the coyotes are there. I'm going to say both coyotes and coyotes just to I, cover Well, I was just going to ask you, do you think they're really there? Um, I don't know. I think this book has um, got a lot of... Uh, a lot of um, personification and yep. a lot of metaphors this, for this book is one big metaphor and that's the I, I, I was gonna see if you kind of got that too that it's like I was trying to say something deeper than just there's coyote stalking this girl no and I think it's uh, a metaphor for um, girls trying to pass into womanhood there's a lot of that in there and these are it's really hard for me to talk about that because I'm not a woman mm -hmm. <laughs> right first uh, surprise listeners surprise yeah. I'm not a female um, I'd really like to have a girl read this though, and then uh, tell her side and like see how they feel because I'm getting those tones of like I feel like some of these are metaphors for a female's life and like getting through puberty and 
I was going to ask my wife to read it, and this was really funny because, but then I decided not to because we just got done talking right before I came here to the show, and she loves country music and i said you know what i think the thing that bugs me the most about a lot of country stuff is it's so literal you know, <laughs> you know what i mean no it's um, true the lyrics are big truck drinking bears well it, girls in tight jeans you know maybe not even that stereotypical but whatever it is that they're singing about it is it is dead on you know oh, yeah. and it's right over the head and i like to think about what they're trying to say and go you know yeah I, deciphering where you lyrics. can make something fit like that feeling that you have even if that is not what they wrote about and it it seems like you're so for me music has always been you know that that old cliche music sues even the most savage beast and for me that's always true but i don't think i could have that soothing with country music because i would have to continually be searching for that song that fits my experience exactly yeah and that's weird um, so this book, so my, my wife, she goes, well, that's why I like country because I don't have to try and figure out what they're trying to say. I'm not and, a huge fan. Sorry, sorry to stop you. I'm not a huge fan of country music, but I yeah. do like some. Yep. And I like Blake Shelton. And there was a great so, inter- so she, yeah. There was a really great interview with Blake Shelton yep. where she goes, why do you like singing about drinking big trucks and pretty girls? He's yep. like, well, I'll be honest with you. I like drinking. Because I like drinking. I like trucks and I like pretty girls, so I'm gonna sing about it. I'm like yep. that's that was the yep. best interview. I was like, country yep. music makes so much sense. Like, <laughs> well, uh, there's something really well, literally honest and figuratively honest about that. I loved it. Okay, but for my music listening experience, I need. I hear you. I no, need I, vague. I got you, bro. And so, this book. Go back to my point. This book, asking her, hey, can you flush out the meaning of what they're trying to? These women are trying to say. She'd be like. That sounds like a headache I don't want. I, I can hear her no, say, like, going, uh, I hear you. I have a friend um, who actually, she, she does art, and um, she would be a perfect person to uh, have, like, read this, and maybe she, maybe we can try and have her on. I know. I asked her one time if she's busy on Saturdays to talk or to be on the show, mm-hmm. and then um, she said she usually is, but maybe we can try and figure it out. Yeah, we could do um, another night because that would be kind of fun. But yeah, it'd be really nice because this is a book that uh, has a lot of, I mean, not a lot, I mean, holy female undertones. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I'd really like a girl's perspective on this book. But again, yeah, I don't I don't really want to give away really anything in this book because this is a really, really cool book that I think you just need to read. Uh, it's called Coyotes again. It is from Image. It's a new Image number one. I have some good news and bad news. Uh, Sold out, I think. Well, no, we've got there's uh, there's these are easily accessible. You can get these. The good news is is this book is great. The bad news is, is it's going to be a limited series. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's only going to be like six issues. Most image series lately are. They um, are. So, but I really was like, I love the cover. She's got it's a definitely I would, like I, a Day of the Dead face kind of. Yeah, painted. she's got the um, a rose. Um, crown on and mm-hmm. then she's got she's got katanas on her back yeah she's bl- got bloody hands and then she's got um some day of the dead type makeup and if anybody um knows differently let me know but to me that's what it looks like yeah it's very i don't want to generalize and say oh yep it's mexican stuff it's day of the dead it looks it looks very day of the dead and then there's some paper cranes in the background yeah but yeah everything weird, um, everything images. in this book is definitely uh uh, leaning or um, alluding to something else, you know. Yeah. And that's why I really liked it. It's a it's a it's a dreamscapey book. It's very ethereal. It's very 
uh, you have to figure out kind of what's going on and who's talking. Yeah, the, and even the really imagery. I'm going to give away one thing. There's some imagery yeah, in there of a lady um, holding puppet strings, like a marionette. Yeah, and marionette. It, and it's the main character that we're Beautiful. following on the end of the strings. And I'm like, okay, so this is definitely a metaphor for like how she's feeling, like she's being uh, manipulated all the time, being told what to look, do, where to go. Yeah, but if you look at the actual art itself, yeah. she there's there's parts where she's got a bow and she's like training yep. and throwing ninja stars and she's being built into this warrior. But then there's a frame where she looks at her hand and she sees the strings. Yep. And then at the bottom, she's actually fighting back against the marionette, against the puppeteer. Yep. So she's trying to break free. Ah, it's just really cool. It's I really love this book. Super. It made me different. Well, it made me feel really sad and I don't know. Like there was a moment of melancholy when I was actually flipping through it and like reading it. I felt really enveloped. I don't know if uh, sad is what I felt. Like I said, I read it late last night and was just going, I kind of closed it and went just, huh. And my yep. wife, she goes, bad book? And I said, no. Just interesting. I just don't, I just don't know. No, and I guess I have to explain a little bit more about the melancholy feeling I had. It was more just feeling sorry for the main character that she's had to be put through all this at such yeah. a young age yeah and like trying to put myself into that into that girl's shoes and it was just like she's being pulled every which way she's being told you know one way that she needs to hunt these coyotes and then another time she's being told to run and you know it's like she's fighting every which way but the right way it's just i don't know it's really cool this book needs to be read um pick it up Okay, when I first read the description, um, before I bought the book, I read the description online, and I thought coyotes was a reference to um, coyotes that help, you know, men and women that help people cross the border from Mexico to the United States. And I honestly oh. thought that's the coyotes they were talking about, um, but I don't feel that anymore, obviously. And, I mean, honestly, there could be some political statements being made in this. Who knows? We're only issue number one, and there's not a whole lot of story here. It's a lot of... No, not a lot of It's imagery. It's 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 setting up the girl uh, yeah. as a character. No, absolutely. And um, this is really great. I, I just I really liked it. I think it's going to be a surprise hit. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be one of those books that people don't talk about for a while, and then months after, be like, "Whoa, what's that?" Yeah. And it'll get into. I think. Uh, I think it'll be a great trade paperback sale or seller, just because it's only going to be six issues. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. But really, really enjoyed it. Again, it's called Coyotes. It's issue number one from uh, Image. And uh, pick this up if you can. Um, I'm definitely going to reread it because cool, cool read. I missed some stuff. And especially when issue number two comes out, I'm going to want to reread, make sure I'm, I'm up on what the I'm, F is going on. I'm highly curious into what's going on here. And I want to know more. And um, sorry we didn't go you know, through it, but I think it's better that way. To be honest, when you guys actually read it, or if you do get a chance to read it, I yeah. think you're going to really uh, thank us. Like, oh, I'm glad I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah. I'm glad I don't don't remember what they talked about in that podcast. I'm just going to read it. So, right. Yep. Yeah. Good oh. book. You want to talk about a book we can talk about, though? Let's go. What did you think of, because I know you love Tank Girl. Oh, yeah, bro. So let's talk about like new Tank Girl series out. Yes, uh, wonderful, wonderful world of Tank Girl. Uh, Tank Girl strikes again. Uh, I'm just—I really just wanted to feature this because it's Martin and uh, Parson presents. Uh, I think they're doing such a really good job of handling the Tank Girl franchise in a way that honors the character. Yeah. In just the true fun, gritty vileness that she is, because yeah. she's just she's just super fun. Like that's yep. all she is. 
is uh, she's you know one of the reasons why comics are comics and like why you come to comics is to have fun. You know, it's it's not inherently a horror book or a um, comedy book. It's kind of just an everything book. You know, yeah. just like Fujitsu is a genre uh, book. This yeah. is the genre of the genreist. I mean, it's got apocalyptic. It's got uh, action. It's got comedy. It's got romance. It's got uh, dick and fart jokes. It's got bullets, right. guns. It's anything and everything. And the artistry is really fantastic and fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I think... Any adult, I shouldn't would not recommend this for kids, but if you're listening to this podcast, you know that by now. <laughs> I have every episode. I make sure to mark them as explicit. So yes, yes, uh, going into it, you know that uh, you could get a couple dongs floated your way. <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah. You never know. It's going to come flying at your mouth. Mm. Why am I? Ugh. Okay. Okay. And you know what? This is the absolute truth. Hands down my pants. This is the best. Hands down your pants. This is the best. Anyhow, this is the best comic book podcast out there. You know, uh, blow me if I'm wrong, but anyway, go on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's actually great, uh, great uh, vocabulary for Tank Girl. Uh -huh. um, it's just, yeah, I just, I really can't talk too much about it just because I'm going to be saying the same stuff over and over, but. It's fun, it's dirty, it's vile. She's Tank Girl, and um, I love this. She's everything. I love the throwback to 70s and 80s comic books. This yeah, and the this, paper is stock. Th yep, it's stock, uh, cardstock paper. They, they went out of their way to make the, the paper feel old. Yep. And, like, and even the stuff is, it's it's already yellowed. Uh-huh. Like, it's great. The, the, par the, the Martins and Parsons uh, label in the corner of the cover. Yeah. Um, it's got, you know... Um, some portraits of, of characters, right? Like they used to do with old Marvel comics. Marvel and, comics. And, and um, you know, like have five different heads on it. And yeah. You're like, oh, and you can, weird. you can just tell that they're having so much fun doing this. And mm -hmm. I just, I absolutely adore it. It's a really, uh, a real big love affair for me, Tank Girl. It's always been one of those books after, you know, Predator and things when I was a kid and I did get into superhero comics eventually. Mm -hmm. Tank Girl is one of those ones I discovered and was like, instantly drawn to the artistry of Jamie Hewlett and the hilariousness of the character and how odd and zany she was but then she came Tank Girl I talk about her like she's a real person Tank Girl came into my life at a really great time because I was listening to that 70s and 80s punk rock yeah and she fell so perfectly into that genre right punk you know what I mean yeah and then um it's just really cool. I, I, it really, it really um, opened my eyes as a kid to new things yeah. and um, to comedy and like just being fun. And then uh, I, I just, I can't speak enough about it. Like I said, I, I'm just gonna kind of talk circles. But uh, I really love Tank Girl. She's a really great character, and uh, I'm glad that these people are handling it in such a great way. Yeah. Because there have been Tank Girl comics that are complete trash. Well, like, you know, nobody can really live up to Jamie Hewlett. Um, no, not in terms of artistry and storylines and how zany. Yeah. But these guys are doing a really fantastic job. Yeah. Like, the um, the um, logo for Tank Girl um, strikes again. It looks like old G.I. Joe comics. Um, yeah. It really has that and there's a little bit of a spy novel or yep. a James Bond look to this. And yep. I like there, you know, we say, um, we said earlier that it's a genre book. Uh, it started off with Tank Girl Gold, where she was uh, looking for some, like a, a hidden cache of gold. Yeah. And then it transported, she got 
warped back into World War II, which is really great because I'm a history buff and I love World War II. So seeing Tank Girl, one of my favorite characters, killing Nazis oh, I love was it. fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. my God. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and then now after she's figured out that predicament of being in World War II and uh, getting out of it, now she's she was just back, you know, being Tank Girl, and now she's on another escapade uh, trying to find more loot. And it's just... It's fun, man. It's Dungeons and Dragons with guns and fart jokes. It's just, it's so much fun. So, I love it. Yeah, I, I, again, I could talk about it all, all, all I want, but I'm just going to talk in circles. So. I'm going to quickly go over Rock Candy Mountain this month um, because um, you brought up World War II, and yes. this has a cool World War II tie-in that also uh, was brought up in Fujitsu. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what the um, what's going on in culture right now where we're bringing up um, Christian supernatural artifacts in uh, World just, War II. I think it's uh, I think it's just topical again, just because yeah. of the political landscape that we have. And so, Rock Candy yeah. Mountain number five. This is Kyle Starks and Chris Schweitzer, um, put out by Image as well. I don't know if you remember. Rock Candy Mountain is a story of the hobo lifestyle. Yeah, hobo. Yeah, hobo fights. I, I yeah, hobo fights in here. Um, Anyway, the main hobo that everyone just kind of fears a little bit, his name is Jackson. We find out that's not his real name. Um, It's a terrible name for a hobo. 1945, he gets drafted. This is pre-hobo life. He's got a wife and kids. Oh, I was going to say, how do you draft a hobo? (laughs) (laughs) Pre-hobo life. Uh, 1945, he's at home with his wife and kid, and he gets the letter from Uncle Sam saying he is going to war. Um, So he's writing letters back home from his wife saying he's done some stuff that... Um, he um, is not proud of that he wishes he'd never have to do but it was necessary to get back to her he gets um, so homesick and wants her so much he decides to do a little um, demonstration for the general um, where he busts into the general's quarters and um, basically takes out every man along his way um, men from his own side and he says general I'm sorry to barge in I believe I have a partic- particular skill set that's being wasted on the battlefield. General goes, oh, God. General goes, who the hell are you? How the hell did you get in here? Uh, and he goes, well, um, unfortunately I had to. And he goes, what have you done? Have you killed them all? And he goes, no, they're not dead. Basically just took them out to show the general that he could get to even the highest ranking the person. The highest ranking person, baby. So I he, have a particular set of skills. He wants to end this war now so he can get home. So... He wants to be put in a position where he can take off, hit, take out Hitler as fast as possible. Well, he interrupts. Well, he does get there. He kills all the inner people. Um, he gets to Hitler, and when he busts into the room, Hitler is standing in his underwear doing some weird ritual with the Spear of Destiny. Of course. A uh, little back backstory. Uh, as the legends go, Christ was stabbed after he had died to prove a point that he was dead. A soldier uh, pierced him in the side, and blood and water came out. And Christian, future Christians took that to believe that, oh, my God, he's holy. If you pierce any freshly dead body, especially when it's hanging straight up and down, and pierce it, liquids will flow. <laughs> liquid it will, will flow. happen. We are 90% liquid, people. Uh, well, anyway, he kills Hitler, takes the Spear of Destiny. No one knows what it is, though. The general says, get the out of here. He goes, I know what that is. I don't want anything to do with it. We're going to say Hitler killed himself in a bunker. Um, 
And that's how history will be written. Yep. And so the hobo, <laughs> hobo, he's not a hobo yet. He's trying to get home. He covers up the spear end of the Spear of Destiny so people don't recognize it as a weapon. He gets off the train back home and his wife's supposed to be there. He found out there was a train wreck that she was on it. Uh, and he just starts to go crazy. Um, he's there at the train yard and um, he jumps the train and um, gets further along down the road and he dumps the Spear of Destiny into some wet concrete at a construction site. Oh, snap. One year later, he's sitting at a bar and he gets kicked out of the bar and all these dudes that he had beaten up in the past start to beat him up. And very clockwork horn. Yeah, he's very drunk. And so they he gets pulled out of the bar by a by a guy um, who calls himself Banjo. Uh, uh, Banjo is... That's a good hobo name. Banjo is a hobo, and all of a sudden, this, in the middle of the woods, looks like an FBI agent shows up going, hey, have you seen this dude? And he's got a picture of Jackson right there. The reason he's called Jackson, I found out, is because he lives in a city called Jackson, and that's where he's always trying to get home to. Makes so sense. I assume he got the name because he's always bitching and moaning about wanting to get to Jackson. Going I'm to going Jackson. to Jackson. Speaking of country music... Yeah. Johnny Cash. Little Johnny. Um, anyway, turns out they knock the guy out, throws, uh, Jackson gets a pistol away from the guy, and then instead of pistol whipping him or shoot him, he just chucks it at the chucks guy's it face. at his face. And then hops the train with the other hobos, hence the beginning of his hobo lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, then we're flashback to present day where they, um, that prison um, breakout and a couple issues ago where um, he broke into prison to get something and then he broke out of prison again anyway they're all they're all out of prison and they're coming after him I like this book though I wish I would have kept going on with it I mean I can yeah and there's this isn't this isn't a book that's hard to track down you can get more yeah but uh yeah or get these issues it's that, just super so easy to find. weird but it's weird and fun and I like the alternate history I like I like how he totally mashes Hitler that's pretty funny yeah Steals the spear. The spear of destiny has to be buried somewhere. Funny too, like yep. because it it's in a it's in concrete at a construction site. But what has that construction site turned into? You know what I mean? Exactly. Which will be funny. Well, then this letters page. Um, it's called the destiny of the spear. Um, this is this issue is the first time Christianity and then that kind of like supernaturalness to it has been brought into this book. The only other time is the, trying to find this mystical rock candy mountain yeah. that all these hobos know as a legend, but Jackson's going, he's really going to go there, you know? Mystical um, rock candy mountain, baby. Yeah, well, this letters page is really giving a cool history as to this spear and even, you know, using some uh, biblical references that John had said, not you, John, but the John of the Bible. The biblical John. One of the apocryphers. Uh, he goes... <laughs> Uh, since it was a preparation day, the Jews didn't, this is John from the Bible, sure. did not want the bodies to remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a special day. Um, they requested that Pilate have the man's legs broken and that their bodies be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other one who had been crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they did not break his legs since he, they saw he was already dead. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once blood and water came out he who saw this was testified so that you also may believe his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth uh whatever you know this is like i said people die that's what happens especially when they're hanging vertical you pierce them low on the side fluids are going to come out 
Uh, but no, I mean, it really gives Science a backstory. Science experiments with Tyler. And then, uh, and <laughs> this is just common biology, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, they're just talking about how the Roman, he's been nameless for millennia, you know, and, and but the spirit itself is supposedly, uh, you know, um, I've heard lots of uh, fairy tales, too, that the spear had eventually made its way into Adolf Hitler's hands. Um, he was a nut for collecting crazy occult stuff yeah he definitely wanted to have some sort of i don't know i hate to say like undead army but he wanted kind of he he wanted to he wanted a way to be unkilled yeah you know what i mean he wanted i mean it wasn't no one really really knows you know i'm speaking on my ass here too yeah you know he he just was obsessed with it it was just weird he had this he had this weird obsession with the occult and after death and afterlife and um, just didn't want to die. You know, a few years before he really took off as the Fuhrer, he had spent a few years in prison and written his book, Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf. Have you ever read it? Uh, not a book that's readily available in South Dakota public libraries. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read it either. So let's um, have a... My- <laughs> <laughs> mein Kampf book club uh, reading. And then, I hate and, to say this. And we'll come back. I hate to say this, but if we did a Mein Kampf book reading, it yep. would probably have the most downloads of all of our shows. Uh, I know. Uh, and we wouldn't be reading. Obviously, neither of us are um, white supremacists or anything like that. No. Uh, but we would just read it just to see what Hitler was thinking. I had an interest of reading it in high school uh, because of me being his, a, a history buff in World War yep. II being one of those eras that I really like yep. reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't something that our school carried. No. For, for good reason. Yeah, I they understand. Don't, have you seen American History X? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they even, like, when that book is even in their school, they're like, this is dangerous! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, when you really think about it, technically yeah. it is. It's yep. pretty... Da- there's... There's dangerous and lofty ideas in there. Yeah. And if you get somebody who's fairly impressionable, yeah. you could really screw somebody up certain books, psychologically. Certain books need book. a lot of responsibility for those reading them. And um, But I just, I'm just i not uh, in favor of banning books. And so no, me neither. For the longest time, you know, I didn't have access to getting Mein Kampf if I had wanted to read it. Yeah. Um, you know, even when I was a kid, I was really interested in true crime. Uh, still am very much and so I would wanted to get this book that Charles Manson wrote and my mom was just livid that I even brought it up yeah. you know she was really concerned about my motives what what are you thinking why you know and I right. um, really just kind of wanted to like what does a guy like Charlie Manson think like what where's his head at yeah how does he think what does he think about and why do he do these things we actually just watched uh, the show called Mind Hunter on uh, Netflix. Oh, I keep wanting to watch. That. It's really good. You should watch it because okay. it's about the birth of criminal psychology. Okay. And like moving, moving from the old like fifties, forties, fifties, sixties style of dealing with crime. Yeah. Of like, you know, just going in and getting your notepad out and be like, well, just tell us the facts, miss. You know, and yeah. just. Fucking, he had all a right. hat on, see? And well, that and like, all right, well, he's just a dirty scumbag and he's been like that for life. Put him away for prison. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, bad people are bad people, good people are good people, very black and white. Yeah. But this was the birth of criminal science and, and, and uh, criminal psychology where 
you were trying to figure out what went wrong on this person's life. Yeah. You know, that that led them astray to do something like hack up a person. Yeah. You know, and that's really where uh, really where the show is great and you just see this cool path like there's a point in the show where they're trying to figure out what to call these people you know and they're like well you know these guys are some of them are organized and unorganized maybe we'll just call them organized killers or unorganized killers and he's like nah that's too you know that's too blase like we need to figure it out he's like well what about repeat killers and he's like no he's like you know there's something sequential about them and he's like Serial killers, you know, serial killers, and they say that in the show, and they're just like, yeah. So it was cool. You're just like, oh yeah, you know, but you're putting it together, and you see how that came together. Yeah, you're seeing the birth of modern. uh, Okay, is it a uh, like a documentary kind of thing, or is it like a drama? It's based on a book, so I would say it's uh, fact and fiction kind of thing. It's fact in terms of building you know how the original you know criminal psychology came about but it might be fictional in terms of some of the drama that's inherently put into the show yeah so it's a dramatization of it though yeah i think so okay so it's not just you know no i remember when i was in my office yeah it's not purely factual i don't think yeah uh never read the book um but the show is really great and it's uh eight episodes nine episodes and the season one ends on a big cliffhanger do you remember that walking dead episode where morgan was being trained in Akito, where he the, the, the stick yeah, fighting, I, I right? That and, shit. That, and that guy was like a psychiatrist as well, criminal psychiatrist, and yeah. he was just like, I've only met one truly evil person, you know, and say so yeah. everyone else I feel like can be rehabilitated, and yeah, that's crazy. And that was a that's a great part of that Mindhunter show. It you know it, it shows like the the chain of thought too, because I mean you know like I said you know they used to think like well this guy's bad he's just evil like that's yeah. why he killed this person. But no, this is, you know, like, the FBI agents are going down the chain. Like, how old is he? He's been, he's between 20 and 25. Well, you know, where does he come from? Well, he came from this house and had a bad relationship with his mother. Why would he do this to this person? And then you can see them putting the sequential pieces of the puzzle into, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a good good show. You should watch it. I have to definitely watch it. I would say the first two or three episodes is really slow. Okay. Because it starts off, the show starts off super vanilla. And you're like, I'm not sure where to go with this. Because it kind of starts off as a dark comedy. Does it? Yeah, because it's just kind of weird. But then once you get to about four or five episodes, you're like hooked. It's just really good. That's awesome. Check out that show. Hey, before we talk about our last issue, though. Yeah. um, I kind of want some some, uh, business side of things. I wanted to tell people we have a Patreon account up now. Oh, shit. So we already have our first Patreon person. What? Um, my neighbor. Um, oh, for real? Yep. She's donating a dollar a month. That's awesome. Yep. So she's number one, so we should get her Does something. she listen to the podcast? Um, yeah. She, she, her and her husband asked me about it, and um, we're like, yeah, go for it. They don't collect comics or anything like that, so she asked if sometime we would um, do a rundown of maybe like favorite series um, or, you know, so like if she or her husband are getting into it, how, uh, where should they start? What should they do? And so. Um, That's cool. Yep. So she. Uh, well, thanks, Tyler's neighbor. Yep. <laughs> Tyler's neighbor. Uh, let's see here. So it is um, patreon.com backslash smash and grab. Um, wouldn't let me do smash and grab comics, so 
So probably too long. Yep. Backslash smash and grab. Uh, go get out there. If you like this show, you want to see more, you want to see us um, advance further, any help would be awesome. Not only with hosting costs, but had we not been doing this show, I'd be reading the comics I've always read. So, you know, I'm definitely buying, and I'm sure you are too, buying comics with the mindset of this would be cool for the flavor of our show. And so help with those costs too, you know? Um, no, absolutely. And we're not asking for handouts not asking you know no and uh we're not uh asking you to bend over backwards no if you can't you can't just enjoy our show it's free yep we've put it out for free yep this is the reason we put it out for free because we want you to enjoy it just like we enjoy comics as well um but we're asking you if you're just a fan come and be a fan with us and help us out and uh if not totally cool just kick it with us man yeah i mean if you want if you want to be a one-time donator that's awesome if you want to be a monthly um um, Patreon um, help. What are they called? Uh, Patreon. Patreon. Awesome. <laughs> we would love it. So just like the fucking name of the website. I know. Jesus. Uh, so okay. So then there's that, and then uh, if you have a local business out there, we are starting to get into um, looking at um, advertising. Um, you know, ho- having ads on this show, and we wouldn't put anything on this show that wasn't what we would consider. Um, in the spirit of us as people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anything on here that I didn't, wouldn't buy or fully support. Yeah. It's, so, you're not going to hear a Westboro Baptist. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, Westboro Baptist. Uh, but you know, their biggest, I wouldn't, I honestly, their biggest enemy is the, um, uh, church of Satan, uh, or the satanic temple. Right. And Lucian Graves, he's the, uh, leader of the satanic temple. I would rather, him advertise on here than the Westboro Baptist Church. I honestly wouldn't take money from them. Doesn't no. I, it? Wouldn't matter the amount. I wouldn't. No. I don't know because they're just not human beings. So exactly. So yeah. um, anyway, <laughs> Westboro Baptist Church. Fuck yourself. <laughs> if you are a business and proudly, you do want us, proudly brought to you by Smash and Grab Comics. Yes, exactly. That's a that's an idea I can fully endorse. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if you are a business um, or um, an entrepreneur or a even a wealthy millionaire that just wants to give back. Hey, yeah. Uh, and you love comic books. <laughs> then, uh, hey, hit us up, Patreon. Sir Richard Bronson, hit us up. Anyway, yeah, get in contact with us. Um, uh, we would love to start um, putting ads on this show, again, as a way for you as a business to get your name out there, and then as well as your customers um, you know, listening to our show. I think Absolutely. we could make cool partnerships. Absolutely. So, fans, local businesses, yeah, rich millionaires, yep. Jason Biggs, hit us up. Oh, Jason, 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 Jason. I've been following him lately. He hasn't responded. I thought we were tighter than that. I, I guarantee you, there's a lawsuit in the works for you. <laughs> for me? <laughs> yeah, for what? you. For stalking him? Yeah. Uh, it's not from Jason Biggs. I think there's a lawsuit from somebody else for, uh, from somebody else towards me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Right. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Again, there's a review show. If we don't like a comic, we might say it. Might flush it. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's l- move on. Hey, uh, this is kind of funny you said flush because this <laughs> one's called Sink. Sink. Oh, nice. Um, but now, I think it's not the kind of, it's not a kitchen sink we're talking about here. No, not at all. This is Sink number two. This is eagerly anticipated by both Tyler and I. Sink number one was a huge blast. I loved every issue or every moment of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, this was 
such a surprise, sync number one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good news and bad news about this comic too. Good news is it is still continuing, continuing to be great. And the bad news is, is this one is probably going to be the most underprinted out of the whole run because retailers had to put in their orders for uh-huh. number two before number one. So retailers had to decide whether they were even going to order number two okay. prior to number one even being ordered. Okay. It's just weird. Okay. Well, it comes from a, a um, label I haven't heard of before, Comics Tribe. Yep. Uh, it makes sense, though. They're guaranteeing sales of number one by guaranteeing sales of number two. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and um, number one, I again, I had to go out of my way when I went to the store to buy it. It was gone yep. um, on uh, Wednesday that it came out. And I went to I got to the store about 5 p.m., which is late in the day. But um, I really had no trouble finding the comics that I like to read in the past so um i had to order it and luckily john when you got your issue of number two you put one aside of uh the yeah i grabbed you uh, of the other cover there was only four there was only four of these on the shelf yeah and i got one for me one for you another for a buddy of mine and another for a buddy of mine oh you 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 took them all yeah that's awesome i I didn't it's in the nice thing was it is i knew they they all weren't for me so i wasn't like trying to hoard them yeah but it's just i know i'm gonna read it you're gonna read it the other guy i know he's gonna read it and the other guy i know he's a reseller but that's his business so yeah I, i look out for him too for sure and then this is uh just such a good comic that i am so glad i didn't have to hunt it down on the internet on the interwebs um, when i walked in last week you're like hey dude here's your comic and yeah like, sync number two uh, is sold okay. out and you have it yep okay. um but anyway uh if you go back and listen to sync number one's episode that was really disturbing and cool this is continuing that flavor disturbing cool and uh awesome you know at the end of number one i was wondering where are they going to go this guy i think they killed him in the van yeah uh so i'm like how are they going to continue the story uh, well, it turns out this is kind of um, kind of a one and done per issue, yeah. much like um, Seasons of American Horror Story. Yeah, this is going to be a, a cool horror anthology book, yep. um, almost like you know short stories of Edgar Allan Poe, or you yep. know what I mean, like a Stephen King anthology. Like this, that's what it reminds me of. It's mini tales in this all tied together by the mini, city. Yeah, yeah, mini tales of horror all tied together by Sink Hill. Yep. So they all don't necessarily have to do with each other but they all center around that city of sinkhole outside of glasgow yeah so uh the comic opens up though stormy rainy night and this woman with an umbrella is walking towards this well-lit house uh, a couple is arguing uh back and forth about what they're going to do about what's upstairs they don't really say about what's upstairs they just keep alluding that it's upstairs and then they kind of point fingers back and forth about it's your fault it's your fault well, you know, what happened upstairs. So what did happen upstairs? We have no idea yet. But ding dong, the doorbell rings. So they move to the door. They're very happy to hear the doorbell ring because this person is... Uh, and they put on these huge fake smiles. Yeah. They're, they're like, like, hi. Hello. Welcome to our home. So glad you could come. Glad you could make it. And then, yeah, I love how she's just standing there very morose. And she's like, I already know who you are and why I'm here. This is, let's like skip the pleasantries. Yeah. Let's get to the business. It like, turns out she's a murder cleanup lady. Yeah. She is a, she's a cleanup, a cleaner. Uh, yep. So, As they're known in the biz. Yeah, and then uh, she starts pretty much storming in. She's just like, "I'm. Let's just cut the shit." Like, what happened? Show me where. Show me the mess. Like, he's like, "All right, it's upstairs. I'll show you." 
and then as they're walking up uh, the stairs, he's kind of talking, like, trying to, like, almost create a rapport with her. He's like, yeah, I heard you work for blah, blah, blah. And she's, she's like, like, I don't discuss clients. No. So she's really just cut and dry. But, I mean, super, in this business. She's super formal. Yeah, in this business, she has to be. So, um, yeah, they get back. They get to the room where the mess is. And uh, they open the door, and there's a dead body laying in the room. And she says, you know, such a pity. Looks like a young person. You know, tell me what happened. He's like, I don't think the detail's important. She's like, listen, you tell me what happened, and I'll tell you what details I'll leave out. Because yeah. I need to know what's going on so I can clean this up for you. Exactly. So, and I guess it turns out that these couples were looking for a little extra freaky-deaky action. Yeah, they went and picked up a guy um, who was willing to take cash for sex because they were going to have, um, well... I think the guy thought he wanted to be cuckolded because he brought this guy home to sleep with his wife mm -hmm. and then realized he was the jealous type and murdered him. Yeah. So got kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. And they totally straight up murdered him. And then uh, the cleaner's there. She's ready to do the cleaning. And she's kind of talking a little bit more about what happened. And then uh, getting backstory on this guy. And they're like, we hired him from Sinkhole or Sink Hill. Uh, you know, no one's gonna miss him. That place is pretty much a shithole anyway. And then like the lady's like, well, I came from Sinkhole, <laughs> like or yeah. Sink Hill. I keep I keep wanting to call it Sinkhole. It is a Sinkhole, right? I think that's kind of the play and on words. They, they they wanted to like um, justify. They're like, listen, we're not bad people. When this started, yeah. And then after you know the introduction, she goes, and just so we're clear. You are not nice people. Yeah, and yeah, that that's a really great part and a great line because you know, like we don't do this. We're nice, you know, people. We're cut from you know salt of the earth. And yeah, like, she's like, just to be clear, you're not nice people. Which I love that. I love that fact because you know she's doing the dirty work yep. and she's not a nice person, but she's really just putting the mirror in their face. Like, yeah, no, you need to look at what you. She's like, you did. think I'm bad because I clean up murder victims? Look uh, what you did. Look what you, the only you reason, did. It. The only reason I'm here is because of you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, then we got a great little frame of just her, you know, getting ready. She's putting on her rubber gloves. She's inspecting the body. She's kind of moving it. And then but, she just sits there. Yeah, and I like that scene, though, because I, I, there's no words, and it's just artistry. Uh, you know what we were like talking it. about she's earlier about, about getting emotional? When I saw these four panels, I'm just going, you can almost put yourself into her brain. She puts her gloves on. Yeah. She looks at the face. She touches, makes sure there's no pulse. And then she just sits next to him. And it's like... This is hard for her, you know? Well, it's hard for her, but also it's just the fact that she almost takes a little bit of solace in being with this person because this person, she doesn't know them. Nope. They don't know her, and this is the last moment they have. And it's also the silence, I think, is what she appreciates. Yeah. It's a person just being a person without doing anything else. It's not. It's no longer good. It's no longer evil. It's totally neutral. And yeah. I think that she appreciates that. Yeah. Because it's something that can't judge her you know what I, I mean? really like the focal point of this artwork because they're all almost identical except for where she's at in the frame mm -hmm. and the light coming in from the hallway is so bright and then the rest of the frame is so dark you yeah. can barely make out um reflections of her skin as she was moving across the uh, bed to get to the other side of him yeah, no, really great scene, a good emotional scene, yeah, really yep, great. I love it. And then um, she gets the body in the car, he's all body bagged up, and uh, she's driving back to Sink Hill, so she's taking him back to where he's from. And, and she goes, I much prefer chatting with you, Scott. Yeah. Most honest, bloody conversation I've had all night. Anyway, 
you can take it easy now, son. We're home. We're home. So, yep, they're driving back to Sink Hill. And then uh, as she's kind of talking and um, just being honest and open because, you know, she's talking to a dead body. Uh, she looks in the back and the body bag's moving. And she's like, oh, fuck! And then uh, she screeches off the road. She's like, fuck me, fucking hell! She gets out the car. She's, like, really surprised. And then uh, she comes back to the car, and he is okay. apparently still alive. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. Is this her outside the car in this frame down yeah. here? Yeah. I think, so I think, she stopped the car and got out? Yeah, I, kind of, I think she kind of freaked out, stopped the car, got out because it was so shocking, and ran away from the car for a second just okay. to catch her, catch her bearings. That you know frame, I, mean? I was like, did she almost hit someone there, too? I was like, what is going on? No, I think she got out of the car, and she was just kind of like... I need to cool that for a second, like, process. Okay, that you know makes more I mean? sense. And she comes back, and he's, you know, she opens the bag, and there's that big, like... <gasps> the like, guy is, like, freaking out. Yeah, he's like, well, where am I? What the hell's going on? He's not dead. Or yep. he came back. <coughs> I'm not sure what we're talking about. Either he died and came back, or he didn't actually die. Um, well, it's perceived in this at this at this moment in time that she, they had kind of misdiagnosed him and thought he was dead, and he's not dead. But uh, she's talking to him, and she's like, well, welcome back. Your land of the living is where you're at, you know? And he's like, I don't understand. Like, He's like, I'm kind of, like, naked. <laughs> like, I have boxer shorts on. Where am I? And she's like, that's not really important. You're you're safe. You know, you're with me. And he's like, oh, I just I think I need to go home and sleep. And she's like, no, you've got a nasty cut in your head. Uh, you know, we should. Uh, he's like, I should, should I go to the hospital? And she's like, no. No. Nope. No way. And he's like, why was I in a body bag? He's like, because you're, <laughs> you're supposed, supposed to be, be dead. dead. Somebody murdered you. Yeah. He's like, oh, I remember now. He's like, those two brought me back to their house. Uh, you know, they said they'd pay me. Um, there's some really good, like, over-the-sea... Uh, um, dialogue. I, dialogue. Uh, the pumped part. I was like, I, mean? I had to read that a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I, I did too. It says, I thought they were just wanting pumped. Yeah. It's it's kind of cockney, you know. Like, yep. I thought yep. they were just wanting pumped, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just thought they were going. Over, he was going over there for sex. Yep. And then she's like, you know. Um, he goes, "Did they call you to get rid of my body?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, yep. It's pretty cut and dry. And uh, he asks her if she's gonna kill him now. Yeah. And she said, "I haven't decided yet." So he's like, "Please, I don't want to die." I mean, you know, she's she's not a murderer, you know. No, not in here. Yeah. And she's, uh, he says, just let me go and I won't say anything, you know, to you, to anybody or the people you work for. He's just like, I'll just disappear. And she's like, I don't work for them. I'm an independent contractor and they don't hire me to kill you. So, um, what they did hire me to do is make you disappear. So mm -hmm. come with me though. We're going to go to this place and at least lay low for a little while. So she drives to this place called the speakeasy and it's this crazy kind of fenced in completely desolate, dark place. Yeah. So it looks like a place where. Nobody good would be hanging out. No. Nobody of uh, high status would no, be hanging out here. Definitely not. Uh, but she leaves him in the car and she says, Stay here, I'm going to open this up. And she's like, I've been here before, so you'll be all right. Just follow me. And then um, they start walking and uh, she's like, Watch your step. This isn't really a place you'd be walking around barefoot. And, and he thinks, Dog poop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> dog and, shite. Yeah. Dude, like, Oh, walk out, watch out for the dog shit. And he's like, uh, I was thinking more like junk and evils, but yeah, dog <laughs> shit too. And then uh, I really like how he turns around and he sees that fox. Yep. So that kind from of the ties previous us episode. From the pre previous issue. And then. Uh, episode issue, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, so he sees that fox and that's a nice little tie in for our book. And then uh, he sees this guy and he's like, ah! And this dude. <laughs> this he's is scary, man. <laughs> 
He's ready to party. Oh, it's so funny. He's wearing a uh, winter long winter jacket that's got a like fur a big fur collar. Yeah. And he's wearing a top hat. He in his beard he's got uh, beaded braids. Yep. Um, he to me looks the looks of his face remind me of like Mardi Gras and just because of the beads in his face and he's super excited. He look you know he looks like a crazy hobo. Yep. But, uh, and uh, so he's got a boombox on his shoulder, 80s style boombox. Yep. And they all start dancing. Even her. Look at what the heck is she doing? I think this is a great comedy moment in the in the book. It brings a little bit of lightheartedness to this story because this book is over overtoned and melancholy and dark and yeah i mean there's really black dark um but right as they see this guy he's like are you ready and then he's like to boogie (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's like like party boy music so he's dancing she looks like she's dancing but she's got this frown on like almost like I have to do this. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. And I, and he's looking like what the yeah. He's just so the, confused. the naked guy's like. What but I think the? that's just kind of like the way to appease that guy because yep. In the next page, she lets him know like yeah that guy he's kind of the closest thing to like a leader around here. Yep. He's like he's kind of weird, but he can really cut a rug too. So I like yep. how I like how she they, they have this so they're rapport. Si- sitting around a campfire. And um, she's talking about how she doesn't sleep very well. Yep. And she starts describing her nightmare, which, honestly, that is a creepy nightmare. Yeah, this uh, this thing is super creepy. She talks about how she gets this reoccurring dream, and um, it's this terrible dream where she's in a stairwell. Yeah. And she's going down the stairwell. But every time she goes down the stairwell, this overwhelming fear of something at the bottom of the stairwell is coming up to kill her or get her. Yeah. But she can't go up the stairwell either because there's something even worse at the top. So that's what she keeps talking about. And then uh, at the top of the stairwell, though, is a door that she never wants to know what is behind that door. So there's really cool psychology here. It's about, you know, what I kind of get is a person that is stuck between two lies. Mm -hmm. You know, stuck between going and facing your biggest fear or turning back and you know dealing with the thing that brought you to that fear to to run to that fear in the first place exactly because she's going towards it but she's coming from a place that's a dead end you know and it's really cool so i really like that and she talks about that and um he asks, you know what happens then when you you know when you try and get to the door you go to the bottom she's like nothing i just wake up so she's just kind of stuck in this revolving cycle and then um she gets up after telling him this and kind of confiding in him and confiding in him and telling him this story to kind of calm him down and uh, she's like I'll be back just keep talking I'm going to go to the car and get something mm-hmm. and he's talking about his life and he's talking about his aspirations and he's talking about him being young and how he screwed up being young but he wishes that he had more uh, more time to do greater and loftier things oh for sure and uh as he's saying that, you know, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm not really scared to die, but if you have to kill me, you can kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, just the only thing I ask is if you, you bring my body to my mom's house. I don't want, I, I'm not scared of dying. I just, I don't want her to think I just disappeared and vanished without knowing what happened to me. At least put, at least put me there. 
Um, so she's got the axe. She's behind him. Came from the car. She's got the she's axe over listening. her head. She's been listening to him talk. And she's got the axe, yeah. I, I take it she couldn't think of any other way out of this situation. She was supposed to get rid of this body. Turns out he's still alive. If she leaves him alive, he'll turn in the couple, which then, you know, she'll be implicated. Uh, I mean, it's bad news for all the couple and her with this guy around. Yeah, and she's standing there with the axe ready to crack him in the noggin and he's like is everything okay and he hasn't looked back you know he thought that she went to the car and she's just standing there with the axe ready she's yep. like she finally puts the axe down by her side she's like i'm fine just grabbing some things i think i've come up with a solution yeah so he's like really you're gonna help me you're gonna help me how he's like well or she says well come with me and i'll show you and they travel through these bushes and uh they go to the edge of river uh, river and there's a boat there. Big old uh, riverboat. Yeah. Um, like you see in Branson, Missouri. Pretty much. Missouri. Yep. And then uh, she's like, you know, this is this this boat I've had here. Uh, this is the the Clyde River. It runs straight through the speakeasy. If you follow the river, it takes you out of Glasgow and out of the coast. She's like, I've got enough money on the boat uh, for a new life, for you to start off a new life. Uh, you can disappear. She's like, this was my plan to disappear when I need a new life, but she's like, this is what you need. You know, I see the young potential in you. You're full of potential in life. And, uh, I've come to the end of my rope. And Before I got to the end of this book, I'm reading these. Uh, so I, I didn't know the ending yet. And I'm reading these panels going, she literally just met the guy and she was two seconds ago. She's going to kill him. And now she's like, this was my life savings, but it's for you. You can have it. I know. I was just it's like, for you, I'm like, I'm Damien. Like, I'm almost like, I'm almost like, wow. What? Either this is terrible writing, or um, she is really messed up, yeah. or something else is going on. Right. No, I hear you. But yeah, she keeps going, and she's just saying, you know, uh, I've, I'm way over the edge. You know, I'm a lifer here in uh, Sink Hill. Like, I, I've been doing this too long, and uh, you have nothing but potential, and don't let anybody else tell you that. So Anybody else tell you different. So... I'm going to let you go, like, free. This is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Start your new life. Yep. And then uh, he's like, they come. They kind of have this close scene where... he grabs. She, she grabs his face. And, and yeah, she's looking at him. And he's, he's like, like huh. that's strange. It's like, the first time I've seen you smile all night. And you know, that was just such... I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. And then uh, he says, goodbye, Sharon. And she, said, and she just doesn't say anything. She's just waving. And then all of a sudden she says, no. Dead is dead. Okay, do you notice the weird it's, spelling in dead? It is weird. Died is died. Died is died. It's D-I-E-D-E-I-D. Yeah. Died is died. Does that mean anything for you? Or is that no. Just, is that just a Cockney accent they're trying to make? No idea. I, I wanted to look it up. But, Me too. Uh, look it up quick. I'll go through the end. Yeah. But she says, died is died. It's basically what she says, which I'm assuming is dead is dead. Uh, but maybe they're just doing a Cockney accent because this book takes place in Glasgow around that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we kind of have this whole mind fuck happen. The boat is docked, hasn't left. The body bag is next to her. She unzips the body bag. The body is still inside. She gets out the axe and starts hacking away. And she says, goodbye, Scott. And that's the end of our sink issue number two. Okay, so I um, so I think that he never woke up no. in the car. Nope. Um, but then again, at first he's I been was, dead the whole time. It's like Bruce Willis and the for, fucking well, first, Sixth Sense. First, I thought he did wake up and she killed him at the fire. That was my first thought. 
I honestly thought that she was. I really did think that she was going to let him go. Like I was like building a like like a relationship mm-hmm. with these characters and that story he told by the fire about you yeah. know just wanting to live a different life and get out of here, but there's not really like you know opportunities and so, things like that. So yeah, he probably was dead the whole time, and this was just her wishing she didn't have to do this. This is just the way that she processes things. It's like a a, a, a way that she gets through her job. Imagining, you know, that he Im- w- wasn't dead. Imagining the life that she could have given this guy if he wasn't dead. Yeah. You know. Talk about a deep, like the, when we were talking earlier about, um, you know, coyotes, where we're talking about it just makes you think and feel. This one, too, this scene, more than the end of issue one, made me go, well, that was creepy and gross, but really cool. satisfying. And, and heartfelt. I really yep. liked it. Yep. And it also kind of ties into a recurring dream, too, because um, it's this revolving circle of a life on this circle stair this stairwell where she's running towards something terrible but also running away from something even worse so um okay so died d-e-i-d is um scottish word for dead examples from the web yeah and it shows examples so, so yeah it's just it's a scott word for dead it's so yeah, the way they say it gotcha so they're just putting the scottish uh accent in okay. there okay died is died the yeah exactly does is died i i want to read this does home uh this it's, is, it's one. This it's just creepy, one page, son. six panels, um, and I think it's creepy as shit. So yeah, there's a uh, little aftertale in our book, which I love. It's a Dawes home, and it's a they call it a sink tale, which yep. I like. So uh, go I ahead, you, you go ahead. Okay, Dawes home here, and it's there's no dialogue. It's just um, you know um, all told from a small girl's perspective. Small girl's perspective. Okay, we see a house from the outside. Dawes home from his trip. So mama. We'll stop being sad now. And Ma says, I cannot see my da. And will they tell me why? Next frame, uh, Ma's smoking out the hallway. Keep out, sign on the door. Little girl's looking at the door. And she says, Da has important business in the basement, Ma. Ma Ma says, I want to know what it is because it sounds happy. Da is always laughing now. And before he went on the trip, he was always mean. Next one, she's going down the stairs when Ma's sleeping on the couch. I pretended I was sleeping and snuck downstairs to see my pa. It was silly. He was sitting tied up to a chair and was laughing so much it cut his cheeks. But he did not mind. I think the ropes tickled. Okay, so he's tied to a chair. His face has been slit into a Glasgow smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a big clown nose on. So his blood dripping. Um, and then uh, it says... He's excited about his nose. I'm excited about my new unicorn poster. So tonight I'm going to cut my my da's ropes and show him. Oh my God! Ooh. So freaky. And uh, if you can see it, uh, the illustrations are done in a uh, very childlike manner too. And then um, I really think this is alluding to what the fate of the character in our first issue, when he was dragged into the van. I I got the impression in that. Ep- issue that he was a single dude maybe and uh so now he's got a, a wife and a daughter if that were the case um it just didn't read that way originally uh maybe yeah but but either that's kind way, of the beauty of this you you can get you can you can tie it in or tie it out however I, you i'm going to go back to issue one and see if he mentions anything about a wife or a daughter because if that Who is knows? maybe he's divorced if that is the case and he's in the basement tied up so the wife tied him up you know, you got to wonder, who, how did he get down there? Who tied maybe, him up? Maybe he just wandered home after that. So, I don't know. But I like it. I like the mystery. It's I, creepy. I, I like how it's you... tied to a fucking chair in the basement, face split 
you know, at the yeah. at the uh, corners of the lips from the knife, and he got this big clown thing on, just like when he was kidnapped. Uh, if it's him, kidnapped at the end of issue one, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing is you can plug in the holes as a reader whether it fits here or fits here. Yeah, it just. It's mythos, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And it, 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 it makes this sync world feel more fleshed out, and yeah. I love it. So Yeah, it is creepy. Sync I love is... it. And it, it is a... Uh, and it's kind of funny because it's kind of a hard-to-find book, and but yet I, it's doing well, and it's extremely well-written. I can't wait for issue three. There's some uh, preview page on the next um, page. Looks like we're going to see the return of the dickheads. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. And some more violence. Who? No surprise there. But um, I think this is just going to be uh, mental mindfuck after mental mindfuck. And I just, I love it. It's really great. And um, it's kind of what a hor- what horror comics need right now. Oh, just, because just to be real horror. Yeah, it's true, and it's grim, and I love it, and I and I love how it's all just tied together just by that one town, Sink Hill. Uh, anything can happen. That's how I feel as a reader: is anything can happen in Sink Hill, yep. but nothing will ever be explained, which I love. So, uh, really cool, really gruesome, really great. Um, this is a huge hit from Comics Tribe. I I never even heard of them before this book. No, whatever they did to get these guys on this book, or whoever. Uh, thought about this book uh man they got a a home run on this one yeah for sure i just want to read this one paragraph because the author writes a kind of manifesto at the end of this issue and one of the paragraphs um sharon they're talking about sharon the um cleanup lady her line of work is in dealing with that void that's left, making that body go away so her clients don't need to think about them. And in the course of the story, she must confront the truth that a body comes from someone who had a life and that taking or preserving that life is a far thornier proposal than just mopping up the aftermath. And that's exactly what we got out of this book. She, you know, we even I even felt that way. You know, it kind of had a um, hint of what was to come, the way she sat next to the body. And to me... I got out of it is that she was just taking a moment with the body, you know? Yeah, and then the overall story, you know, she's having this whole lofty conversation with him and, like, saving him at the end. It's just the way that she wishes wishes things could go, you Uh know what I mean? With these people that she's never met kind of thing. Beautiful book, and it's beautiful in its death. Beautiful in its its grimness. For sure. So So cool. Can't wait for more sync. Uh, Sync number one is... One of my personal favorites so far from I, just doing this show. I even and Sync love number two even continues for the logo, and it even says logo by Tim Daniel. The the sync logo. Yep. The uh, straight vertical um, marking of the letter K is actually formed by a shovel, and then they put the issue number on the shovel head. Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, the word sink looks like it's written hastily with a paintbrush. It's like you know, very messy. Yep. Great design. Yep. Beautiful book. See, your we your, love it. Your cover is stark white with a bloody red body, um, and my cover is. I have the A cover. This okay. So then this cover is really cool too, where it's black and it's being unzipped in um, like the body you, bag. Yep. And when you are looking out, you're looking at the cleanup lady with her hatchet there. Uh, it's just so cool. And I like how there's like a little bit of Van Gogh back here, kind of starry night. Yep. But you've got the boat 
And there's and the boat. There's a man in the man boat. Man in the boat. So yep. cool. Yeah. I, any cover is great on these, but I did I did like the A cover a little bit better, so I grabbed the A cover. Yeah. Um, save the B cover for you because I didn't think you really cared. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, you know me. I'm like whatever's available. Yeah, I hear you. I'm honestly just happy to get this book in your hands, and I'm I'm happy that I got it in to a number of people. Right. Like I really I really feel responsible for getting the word out about this book, and I'm really happy that I can like be the runner on this book and be like yo check this out man yo check this out and people are like it's super good i'm like i know you know what i mean so i love it um Um, other than that though we talked about all our books this week and uh we listened to me fangirl over tank girl i really can't uh describe my feelings so i really apologize for that part of the episode because i'm like it's like a really cool love and i really no it was cool i can't i just i can't oh I can't compartmentalize it, man. I just I love Tank Girl, so uh, you should love Tank Girl too. Last week, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. I was just ranting and raving about the comic books that I read for that week. So yeah, you know, I that's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, I ranted longer than I thought I could by myself. You know, <laughs> think you it went surprised be- even it yourself. went better than it did the first time I had to do it. So uh, that's good. Um, that's good. Okay, another book that I just glanced at. Why well, I, I did read most of it because I had read the first one, was eugenic. Um, Basically, they're breeding the good um, parts out of people and mating them with um, other people. They're trying to make, if you want a hard worker, they're trying to make the hard worker person. And you're born into whatever you were were made to do, that's what you have to do. So they're basically creating automatons with strengths Uh and weaknesses. Yep. I got Um, you. Yep. Um, was it any good? Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Each okay. issue is quite lengthy, like five ninety nine. Well, it's only and, three issues though. Yep, yep. But they're each one good. They're filled. Oh with sure, for sure. Yeah, it, it's a thick book. And then recommend it. Yeah, uh, especially since it's a three issue deal. Um, so it'll be, a, I'm sure, a good trade coming out from Boom Ooh, Studios. I did want to introduce something in the show uh-huh. i'm totally ambushing you right now nice i, I did, did it to you all the time. i know right i did want to introduce a rating system for us uh-huh and smash it or grab it <laughs> i like that that's it i like that's that either, either, right. either you like it yep you grab it yep. you hate it i got it smash it, it. Oh, man, that's a good thing. Uh, okay, so I, I'm going to grab this one because I'm coming back um, to get number three. And so eugenic is a grab. Yep. Okay. And then the last one that I read that uh, decided we weren't going to talk about was Port of Earth. Um, basically, the aliens were not here to invade. They're not here to bring peace. They are here because they need a stopping point a lot through the universe. Ah, as in ports of Earth. I got you. Yeah, and they can use the Earth's oceans for refueling. And um, so... How we're dealing with that as a... Uh, yep. As a... Do we want to be an intergalactic planetary yep. stop? Uh, yep. Truck stop? And <laughs> some of will. the rules are you can't... The aliens cannot interact with humans. They cannot have fly zones over the continents. They literally have to fly in over the oceans... And get out. And, and get out. And, and the, um, the docking bays are... Um, just off about five miles off of San Francisco and so they literally have to dock and leave and and then the story kind of happens of when some of those aliens come onto mainland California and what are they what do the aliens look like um, they're upright um, are, they, are they the gray heads they're no they're more look like more like Cthulhu where um, they have oh there's the docking station I like um, the idea of this book 
Yeah. Because it, it poses a and lot so of... They're upright walking... Oh, with, like uh, squidbillies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then... Uh, so it's just kind of like then a... Because of that, then Earth has to... Is charged with coming up with an Earth security force. Right. Um, and so it's basically just making sure that... Um, Earthlings do not go out to the docking station, and aliens don't come onto the shore. No cross contamination. Yeah, and so it's almost like neither world exists. Just move on with your day. Yeah, and so an Area Fifty Two, if you will. Yeah, so this consortium of aliens basically looked at Earth and going, "That is, we need that spot so we can refuel and be on our way to yep. where they need to go." Because apparently, Earth has nothing they want except for the water, which, according to the comic book. What the aliens would take for water, we wouldn't even notice. I um, like that. Our, our oceans wouldn't be depleted. That poses a lot of cool just questions. You yeah. know, what would happen? Yeah. So that's a quick rundown of Port of Earth. Um, I definitely will be continuing with that one, so I will be grabbing that. Grab it. Sweet. Are you, are you going to smash this week? Um, no. Actually, I'm going to be nice. <laughs> I would say everything that I've talked about is a grab this week. Uh, coyotes. Now... I would say coyotes is on the fence. I wouldn't say it's it's for it's, sure. It's both. A, Me too. I wouldn't say it's it's wholeheartedly a smash or a grab. I would say it is a book that you need to experience and decide for yourself. Me as a personal, yeah, you know, personally, yeah, I would grab it. Yeah. If I, if I was another person, I could easily say smash it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, we should do this smash and grab question after each review. Like you for smash sure. it or grab that. Yep. Um, so, uh, so here's my thing. I liked issue number one. Um, it really it was a good thought provoker. But is it a storyline that I'm interested in continuing going, um, oh, my God, i got to find out what happens next? Yeah. No. Okay. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean I won't buy it next time. It's uh, Right now, I just don't know. Yeah. I got you. It do, for I, me, it's for, a grab. For other people, it could be a smash. For me, it's a um, – it, it may be a grabber if I've got – um, a low week, or I, I might even I might even buy it a couple weeks down the road if it's in, um, you know, a couple weeks after it's released. If there's still copies in, it's store. a filler book for you. Yes, if it's there's, a filler book. If there's room, maybe. If yeah. not, cut it. I yeah. got you. Yep. Sink is a definite grab this week. Got to grab it. Oh, for sure. Tank Girl Strikes Again is a triumphant return of Tank Girl after a long, long-awaited return from Tank Girl World War World War Tank Girl. So I would say 100% grab that for sure. I, um, uh, I the only reason I didn't grab that is because I had a pile of books that um, for me were all grabs. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. This no, was I a huge you. week. Uh, um, I don't think at any point Tank Girl is a smash comic. Uh, I will say it is a very niche comic it has a, uh, a a fan base yeah and you are either going to love it or hate it yeah you know it is one of those books that yeah, love it's kind of like the it. movie too did you love the movie we don't talk about the film oh we don't talk about the tank girl movie huh? we don't talk about tank girl t- <laughs> i love uh parts of the film sure i love laurie petty as tank girl because uh-huh. to me she is tank girl for sure uh-huh. i love malcolm mcdowell Oh yeah, uh, his bad guy is stupid. Uh, I and liked him in that show, Heroes. The kangaroos are really bad in that in that movie. Yeah, they are. They're really bad. Yeah, Ice T is a mutant a mutant tang- kangaroo. That's so dumb. Okay, but can you? Is it easier for you to believe that Ice T is a sex crimes cop in Law and Order? 
Yeah, because the practical effects in that show are great. <laughs> and the practical effects in Tank Girl suck balls. <laughs> Ice so, T. Really? I love the Ice moments. is going to be a cop after writing Cop Killer? Yeah. Ice T can do whatever Ice T wants to do. Yo. Ice T. Yo, you telling me this dude gets off on girls with little pigtails? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, no, I like Ice T. Uh, I think the Tank Girl movie is highly flawed. I think it has about 20 uh-huh. to 30 minutes of watchable material, and the rest is absolute garbage. Yeah? It's it's shit. But I, like I, I said... Li- I liked it, but I haven't watched it since the 90s. If, so. you, if you could cut that film into about 30, 40 minutes... Yeah, it'd be fun. You'd probably be all right. Fun little but, Tank Girl episode. Yeah, and there's great, there's great scenes, but there is also some wretched bullshit in that movie. Like... Booga in the yep. movie yep. is terrible. Yep. In the comic, he's great. Yep. In the film, awful. Yeah. Awful. Jet True. Girl's cool. True. Tank Girl's cool. Bad guy's weak, but great actor. Yep. You can always beat a bad character with a great actor. So, great actor. Uh, yeah. Other than that... You remember Waterworld? I actually will defend Waterworld. I think it's a good movie. Um, even um, I would say good, not great. Good, good um, movie. Dennis Hopper, you think he was good in it? Yeah. 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 I was like, oh man, that's a low point for him. I don't think so. Uh, I think people. I don't know why. I don't. I really don't understand the hatred for that film. I don't know. I don't under. I don't get it. It wasn't a bad movie. I. It was I hatred just, for Kevin Costner. Why? I don't know. He just seemed to make the same movie a couple times in a row. So what? You know. Um, but anyway. I don't know why. I don't. I really just don't understand people like Waterworld. Boo! Like, yeah. Come on, man. It was it's pretty just cool. An idea. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That movie had one of the biggest budgets of all time. Too. I know. So it had it, for the day. Yeah. For the time. Yeah. So uh, I actually like Waterworld. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, speaking of movies coming out, new Spawn movie uh, yep. in the works. Um, Todd McFarlane. So I bought. Spawn number one, while it was still affordable, because <laughs> it's going to go up again. I know it. Mm. Shut up. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Don't give me that look. Um, so I'm not saying it won't, but uh, something. I got it for nine bucks. That's not a bad price, but that's pretty. That's pretty market level. Is it? Um, yeah, nine dollars, ten dollars. If you're paying more than ten dollars for a Spawn number one, yeah. you should look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that Spawn will ever be over $20 because there's so many of them. Um, uh, every you, collection I see of like comic books yeah. generally has a Spawn number one in it. Yeah. But I have a feeling when the movie comes out, people will be wanting to buy them up for that, thinking that they're thinking that there's less of them out there than there are. Maybe. there's. I think there's going to be those people that pay way... There's going to be people that pay way over nine dollars because they just want it yeah but shop around and you I'm can gonna, get a spawn i'm gonna sell for, mine at, when it's high uh when the market's high i'm I, i'll be happy for you to make your five bucks you think that's about to make five bucks i don't think it'll crack 20 bucks no <laughs> there's too many of them uh obviously the if you've print, got a signed one they're, the they're, printing they're was really in the millions yeah for that book um, Something drastic would have to happen to the supply. <laughs> like, yes. a truckload of them will have to fall into the ocean for yours to be more well, than twenty. Here's the thing: since we, when, <laughs> since we bought the, we decided to buy a Spawn issue <coughs> together so that we could read the new storyline, and 
as weird as that storyline was, it's kind of reignited my interest yeah. in Spawn. And um, we talked about it. Spawn what, is always one of them staples. He survived. What's cool is that, like you just said, he's survived this long. Yeah. And there's only been one Spawn series. There's been spinoff series. Yeah. Um, but the main Spawn. Um, uh, um, it's been going for almost. It's been going 20 for twenty years. some years. Um, there's been no number breaks going, we're going to restart, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, kudos it to just, Todd for sticking to It gun. just keeps going, and it's like... And it sells. There doesn't seem to be any interest of going, you know, we need to reboot this, get new people. It's nope. just, no, nope, that's just going to be his book. Well, and you just ride the waves. Some storylines have been bad, some storylines have been good, and oh, yeah. the diehards are diehard, and they'll always buy it. I'm, you know, I'm, I know guys that have bought kind Spawn of, since day one, and they're still buying Spawn now. It's kind of funny because... Um, you know, I got onto that storyline and was like, eh, it's all right. But I found myself unable to just skip an issue now when it comes out. I'm yeah. just like, whoa. That's all right. Uh, but that's but that's what those new storylines are for. Yeah. You know, is to get you back into it and be like, oh, man, I remember when this was yeah. fun. I want to get back into this and it be fun. And it is. So, and, yep. you know, I'm, I, I could have brought the new issue on here, but I'm like, eh. I, I'm buying Spawn for me because I'm like, I like to just uh, get into it. And it's not super relevant to this show because it's more of a superhero comic than a little anything. bit a little bit but he's definitely anti-hero but he's found his hero ways over the course of the time yeah yep yep for sure well man it is time to go home yeah it's, it's uh, 8 15 it's a long episode 8 15 friday uh, saturday night um plans man, this is what we do on saturday nights you got plans go home and sleep uh, no, I slept in today. Um, I'm going to go home and play some video games. I'm going to go home. Uh, I want to finish up where I'm at on Walking Dead and then maybe start season two. Of, here's what i got to watch yet. i got to watch season two of Stranger Things. You haven't watched that yet? No, I'm saving you it. You sinner. I'm saving For it. what? For when I've got time because I've been super busy. Oh, God. Right now. It's only nine episodes. I know. So uh, when your family goes out of town, then yeah. you're going to be like... All right, Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. So Stranger Things, um, Fear of the Walking Dead, I want to start. I wasn't sure if it was any good. No. It's not? Terrible. Is it? Absolute shit. Shit. Um, Skip it. And then the new... Smash s- it. And then Let's smash that. And yes. then the new new season of American Horror Story. Grab it. Yeah. So I've got Stranger Things and American Horror Story to watch. So Don't watch Fear of the Walking Dead. You'll be very disappointed. Will it taint my feelings of The Walking Dead? No, you'll just be like, why'd they ever make this show? Really? Yeah, it's is, terrible. Is it still on, though? I mean, they're oh, still yeah. making it? It's because people just spoon-fed. You know, they're spoon-fed Walking Dead. And well, here's, like, why, oh, here you go. here's why I was willing to watch it, because it's backed by Robert Kirkman. You know, he's, he's of course it is. 100% behind it. Why, would, why wouldn't he be? It's, it's more money. Yeah. But that's one guy. I, I That's I, AMC's love child. Uh-huh. That's AMC being like, we want a piece of this creator pie. Uh-huh. And so. Robert Kirkman, I what I like is seeing interviews with him and things like that going, he just still seems just like a dude. A regular You know dude. what I mean? He's like, I'm just writing horror comics and fuck it. Everyone wants a piece of it? Cool. I'm I'm making a living. Oh, he's just a regular guy, man. Yeah. I mean, he just happens to be a regular guy with a really billion dollar idea <laughs> uh walking dead number one um okay when i was a kid i thought amazing spider-man number one or amazing fantasy 15 uh were so when i saw the price on them thousands of dollars right yeah uh walking dead number one though it, it far outweighs any other comic as far as price though it's like 14 grand right now what mm-hmm. no yeah i don't think so i saw one yesterday on ebay 
Yeah, that's asking price though. No one gave <laughs> fourteen grand for that shit. You think it's shit? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just think that's a, that's ludicrous. Yeah, there's no way that comic is a that is fourteen thousand dollars. Do you have a um, version of number one of some? I've got like a dollar reprints. Yeah, uh, I only got a dollar reprint because they did issue one fifty where they brought back the original artist to do yep. a then and now kind of thing. It's like yeah. what Rick looks like now I versus know. what he looks he like. Looks then. Way different. So I have those together because it's like it's cool. Yep, contrasting. Yep. No. Fourteen thousand. Yeah, that, that guy can go like a nut. Yeah, uh, no, you're not gonna get. And, 14 and I read grand. somewhere too, though, that it's literally the most expensive comic that people have been willing to pay for. If you're spending over twelve hundred dollars for Walking Dead number one, you're over. You're overspending again. That book's not worth over twelve hundred bucks. It's not worth over twelve hundred. Nope. Wow. I hate to break it to you. If you're spending over twelve hundred dollars on that comic, you are vastly overpricing that book. It's, it's been not, at twelve hundred for not, a while, and it'll not, be at twelve hundred. It is for a not while. that great of a story. I mean, I have it in trade format. Well, it's uh, not. It's not. But that it's, it's the fact that it's it launched all yeah. of this phenomenon. Yeah, now. but it's a, it's a, technically not really a rare book. It's just hard to come by because it's an image book. But um, image uh, uh, print runs were actually fairly big at mm. that point. So it's not uncommon that you could just come across a Walking Dead number one flipping through a short box somewhere. Yeah. So, twelve hundred bucks. If you're paying more than twelve hundred bucks, don't do it. Let me ask you this: a What's big up? Walking Dead fan, would you would you buy one for thousand bucks, twelve hundred? Um, no. No. I'd. What would be your max price if you could find? Um, if I was first edition kind of thing. Yeah. If I was wheeling and dealing, and if it was in really nice shape. I'd go seven hundred. Would you? Yeah. You'd part with that for a comic book. I, I'd buy it at that much. Yeah. What I and then if I bought it at that much, I'd I'd settle for a thousand dollars. But yeah. But you you would part with that money for a comic. If book. If I had it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Anything. I just feel like anything over that, I'd I'd be overpaying. Yeah. Because it's just. I've only the mo and this is kind of funny. I don't think it's ever going to heat up more than it already is. I think of myself as a big comic book collector. Yeah. But yet the most I've ever paid is fifty bucks. For a comic book, I'm trying to think of what I, most I've ever paid. I paid 300 for uh, Preacher Number One. Did you? Yeah, which I I overpaid at that point, but I wanted it yeah. more. Because Do you have the series now in comic form? I have issue number one, and then I have like uh, here and there, just kind of I have sporad- you know just around. I only have the trade uh, paperback, and that's fine. I love the story, yep. but I've never had a desire to collect the issues. If With, I can find them for good prices, like yeah. I'll price shop and like, I'm not buying issue number two for ninety bucks. No. Yeah. You know, I already spent three hundred on my on my issue number one, but uh, that one is a little bit different for me. I have a little bit more of a love affair with that book because that was another book that I read younger than I should, but it it, it kind of you know like opened my eyes to a lot of things, a lot of different ways of thinking. I read it after so. it had come and gone, and um, oh yeah, I mean I you wasn't know. you know it wasn't coming out in issue form. I bought it in trade. Did you? Yep. Okay, so yeah, yeah, me too. But I was in my late twenties. Yep. Um, I was in my teens. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit older. I mean, like we were I was, talking about we talking about you know we're, I was we're right on that cusp. I would think I was like sixteen, seventeen, almost. You know what I mean? Going into yeah. adulthood. Because you know we were talking like maybe a know. little young to be reading preacher, but <laughs> me, me, I'm a, a little older than you anyway. Yeah. yeah. Birthdays this week. Uh, just let fans know. It's Tyler Palooza starting tomorrow. <laughs> what that means is it, it is my birthday week. 
I will be 36 on the 16th. You should give out your phone number so that people can leave you voicemails. Mm-hmm. Let's see if anyone does. 605. I'm going to really do it. Oh, shit. Should I? I don't care. It's your phone Th- number. It's that not would mine. Be, that would be fun. Because uh, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we have anybody, any fans. So, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that because you know who would probably uh, start calling me. Yeah, I do. And uh, she, she can uh, go to hell. Uh, <laughs> cry baby um, oh well anyway we got the uh, cease and desist letter so uh, we're not going to mention her name on the show but no. uh, I don't know you can flush that down the toilet indeed all right for smash and grab comics <laughs> we got to get out of here before I, before I get us in more trouble well that or before we start talking about another tangent I like ham do you <laughs> like wheat bread oh my god God, did you put bologna on your sandwich today? I'm a huge fucking hey, that was awesome. I'm a huge fan of pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. <laughs> anyway, for Smash and Grab Comics, I'm JP. And this is Tyler. Bye.